what pops up a beer or a cold libation Let me tell you how I wrote this little theme I went and took a call from brother Jason And he tells me that he has a little dream He says he needs a backwards intro to begin his podcast And I ask him what you got He said I'll start off with some talking And some moody clips of popcorn fighting Fantasy explorations and some groundness exploitation Kickstarts that I'm watching and some blind unboxing Full month horror movie marathon Sometimes I'll let the dogs come on Contest and of course you know it's all about games I said slow down let's just start with the name It's the Nerds RPG Variety Podcast With the other Jason Hey everybody, I hope you're doing well today. I'm going to launch off today's episode with some new podcasts, or at least new-to-me podcasts. So the first one actually is not an anchor cast. Although, if you're on the Audio Dungeon or on Dave's Deversentile um, Discord server, the host, Michael, is on those servers. So, if you want to contact the Bibliophile Adventures, which is this first one I'm talking about, you can reach them on the Audio Dungeon Discord or, like I say, Deversentile Discord. So, this, this podcast, Bibliophile Adventures... Talk, is basically a book review podcast, and, and they cover all kinds of different things. Michael's from Germany. Um, the, I listen. I've listened to one episode so far, which is the one on Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, because I've I've read that book. I, I've read some of the other books too, but you don't see that book talked about very much anymore. And he does an excellent coverage of that book, and and you know tangential things, and delving into philosophy and some other things, and. And mental illness, and, and it's a really good episode. And but he talks about all kinds of you know different fantasy authors. Talks about Moorcock. Talks about Lovecraft, uh, Tolkien. There's episodes on you know Neil Stevenson. There's reviews of Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition Player Handbook. Um, Piers Anthony's. So th- there's a whole variety of different things talked about on this podcast. So I, I would, from the little bit I've heard so far, I would definitely recommend it, and I'm going to keep going through the back catalog there. The next podca- next three podcasts I'm going to mention are all Anchor podcasts, and they're all fairly new. The first one is Camping with Owlbears by Lonely Adventure. And again, you don't have to write any of this down. It's all in the show notes. And in Camping with Owlbears, he's talking about the Lonely Adventure's... T- and, and again, the Lonely Adventure... In fact, all these folks are on the Audio Dungeon Discord I believe they're all on the um, Deep Percentile Discord as well. But in, in Camping with Owlbears, the first episode talks about uh, a venture that he designed. A neat little venture. be a good one-night adventure. And then he talks about a hack of D&D that he's doing that's kind of to simplify. It's kind of like the idea of Nave. Um, there's a lot of ICRPG in the hack, whether he thinks there is or not. Um, I, I see elements like Dungeon World in there. Um, so it's interesting. Or maybe that's not fair to him. M- maybe there's not ICRPG, but maybe the th- same things that influence ICRPG are influencing him. Hmm. Anyhow, his hack's called Glaive, and I believe it's going to come out as a zine here soon. But, so, anyway, it's a neat podcast. He has some interesting ideas, and I would recommend listening to that. The next one is Confessions of a Wee Timorous Bushy by Rob or Minion, and this is a um, 
British subject who is now living in Japan, and he talks about gaming in Japan and and the gaming culture in Japan and and his reintroduction. He had been out of gaming. He talks about him getting back into gaming and talk about running old school games over there. And then lately, he's been talking about the Hobbit and how how that relates to gaming. So it's very interesting. Podcast, definitely recommend that one. So the last one is Send Three and Four Pence by Conrad. And that's he only has one episode out so far. I look forward to more from him. Very interesting podcast. He does a very in-depth and excellent review of Scarlet Heroes by Kevin Crawford, which is set up to do one GM and one gamer. So I highly recommend checking that out and looking forward to future episodes from him. I was able to play in a couple games since last podcast. One was Solar Blades and Cosmic Spells, which is a Wednesday night game on Audio Dungeon. Weekly game. Well, usually it's a weekly game. It's a fun game. Kind of lighthearted, not too serious. Usually plays for a couple hours a session, a couple, three-hour session. And, yeah, if you have a chance and want to try that system out, I'd recommend it. It's a fun game. That went well. And the other game I got to play in was on Thursday was Barbarians of Lemuria, which is a great game. Highly enjoy that game. That's a game I'd be happy to run anytime. In this case, I was a player, not not a GM. And... This is an ongoing campaign that's we've been playing for a few years now, off and on, and always enjoy that game. My son's in that game, and I'm in that game, and it's it's a pretty great setup. And and it's another one that's pretty much audio only, you know. And with with Barbarians Lemoria, it's great because when you hit the end of the session, or usually the end of the story arc, it may, so it might not be every so it might be every couple sessions. You know, the way you gain experience is you blow you spend all your gold you blow through all your gold and all your treasure that you've accumulated so that's always fun to do in this case we didn't get to do that we ended up in kind of a cliffhanger which is cool we were traveling this long journey we're out of supplies and we came across this kind of encampment and so we had to try to get supplies from them and we we could trade or steal we should have stole but we didn't we decided to try to trade with them and we didn't have any anything to trade except our labor. And they were doing this excavation. And they needed somebody to help take care of whatever's in this hole that they're excavating. So we went down there and cleared out a monster and took care of some traps. And then, of course, they wanted us to bring... They weren't going to bring us up out of the hole until we brought them this artifact. Which, w- when we saw it, because it was obviously an evil artifact, my barbarian destroyed it immediately. So... Yeah, we didn't have it to get back to them. Luckily, there was another exit. But the problem is, and that's kind of where we ended the, the session, but the problem is our we have a companion and a and there's like an animal companion and a and a human companion and some our our steeds and stuff are all at that encampment. So now we're gonna have to go back and try to get them. So next session ought to be interesting. But it, like I say, that's always a fun game. Really enjoy it. So and that's about it for games I've played since last episode. What's in the basket? Easter eggs? Okay, I promised you a mystery unboxing. Now, this is an older box, 
not really sure what's in here. These are the best kind of mystery unboxings. Um, oh, you know what? I guess I kind of do know what's in here, so maybe I won't open this one. I think I have some other un unopened boxes. Um, let's see. Let's see what else I have real quickly. I could. Oh, well, here's one that I don't know what's in it, so I'll open this one. The One of these days, I'll open that other one, and you'll understand why I didn't open it. But I know who it came from, so I pretty much knows what know what's in the other one. This one came from Ship Naked, so it's some kind of Kickstarter. Um, I don't see a date on here. It's two pounds, six ounces. Yeah, I have no clue what this is. So this is this is kind of cool. These are the best kind of boxes. So this box is uh, thirteen inches by thirteen inches by four inches. So let's open it up and see what this is. And I've had this box in here for, I don't know, a while. A year or longer. So I think. I might be wrong on that. But it's definitely been in this room for a little while. No packing peanuts. That's good. Oh, cool. Okay. So this is actually a fun game. This is the reissue when they redid Nemo's War. And Victory Point Games did Nemo's War. And so, yeah, this is at least a year old probably. Um, Nemo's War is one of the first modern games that I got, to be honest, when I got back in board game stuff. It used to come, like, in a little baggie, like a Ziploc bag. It was just little chits. And in Nemo's War, you're playing Captain Nemo, and it's a solo game. And you're, and you're going, doing, you're trying to get victory points, and you do different adventures, and you can attack ships, or explore, or do different things, and so, I, well, hold on, let me open this. Maybe I'm... I'm pretty sure that's what this game is. Yeah, that's what this game is. Um, yeah, from Victory Point Games. And when they did the second edition of this, and they actually put it in a, a real box, and they redid it nice with nice components, I went ahead and, and reordered it because I really enjoyed the first version of it. So that's what this is. So excellent. Like I say, it's a solo game. You play as Captain Nemo, and, you know, depending on what happens throughout the game, you have different... Ways you can earn victory. You can go like a war path or explore or do different things. And yeah, I, I really like Nemo's War. Haven't played it for a while, but I and and this comes with a nice cloth map. Um, kind of cool. So yeah, I would definitely recommend anybody interested in Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea or solo gaming to check out Nemo's War. It's a pretty cool little game. And I'm glad I opened this because, well, like I say, that's a few years old now. So, good deal. That's what these surprise boxings are all about. Lock and Key. So this is a spoiler-free review right here of both the comic and the Netflix show. And when I say the comics, it, it's a number of series of comics. It's not just like one, you know, one issue or one graphic novel. They're, they're, they're usually six um, issues in a series, and they're, or story arc, I guess I should say. And there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There, there's seven right now, and there's another one coming out this year. But the so the 
the first six or so, well, first five or six are what's covered in the Netflix, the 10 episodes of the Netflix show. And they do change things up. So if you've read the comics, you could definitely watch the show and enjoy it. And if you watch a show, you can go back and read the comics and you'll get something slightly different. There are some things the comics do better than the show. And there are some things the show actually does better than the comics. I'm not going to go into that, but just know there are differences. Um, the comics are by Joe Hill, and they're illustrated by Gabriel Rodriguez, and they're published by IDW, and they're pretty good. They're they're straight horror comics. They're not they have kids as protagonists, but they go some pretty dark places, and they're not afraid of blood and gore and all that kind of stuff. So, the comics are pretty much horror comics. The show is more of a teen show, so you're talking more Sabrina, like. Um, you know, a horror show like on mainstream TV, like Sleepy Hollow, something like that. That's what the show's like. Um, the show has pretty good actors. Um, the special effects are okay. There are a couple of special effects that are kind of weak. But for the most part, it's decent. It's watchable. Um, it's interesting. So the, the background behind both, and this is pretty spoiler-free, you know, they both open up with the, the father of a family dead. They're moving back their ancestral home. And they discover magical keys in the home. And, you know, something, you know, things ensue. And that's all I'm going to say as far as plot goes. And I'm not going to talk about character arcs or anything else. What I think matters as far as gamers go. And, and so if you don't mind watching shows aimed at teens, then the show's pretty good. And the comics are pretty good. If you wanted to check out one or the other, it'd be cheaper to do a month's subscription to Netflix than to buy a bunch of the comics. But as far as gamers go, I think what's interesting here are the magical keys and the idea of introducing them into your games. There are a few other magical things, you know, creatures or whatnot you could introduce into games. And I'll, if, you, if you check the series out, you'll find, that, find those on your own. But the keys are the big thing I want to talk about. So I'm going to do a spoiler warning. And after the spoiler warning, I'm only going to talk about the keys. Again, I'm not going to talk about plot points or anything else. And then after I'm done talking about the keys, we're just going to go right into the exit. So if you are going to watch the show or you are going to read the comics, I would recommend skipping my spoiler section until after you read the show, read the comics or watch the show. So you can, you know, find these things out as the, the narrative goes. If you're not interested in watching a teen show on Netflix and you're not going to read the comics, then go ahead and listen to my summation. And then the other place, of course, you can go, if you go to Wikipedia, the entry there on Lock and Key has a list of all the keys and what they do, which is basically all I'm going to do is just talk about that during the spoiler section. So you can just hop on Wikipedia and find out find it all as well. So... Anyhow, if, if you aren't going to listen to the spoiler part, you know, maybe skip past that to the very end, the outro music. That's T.J. Drennan's outro song he did for me. It's pretty great. So I'd recommend you listen to that. And I'll talk to you next time. This is a spoiler alert. I repeat, this is a spoiler alert. On to the spoiler section. So I'm just going to talk about the keys. I'm not going to really talk about plot points. And I'm going to skip a couple keys. 
because they're pretty plot specific. Again, if you're going to watch the show, read the comics, I, I wouldn't go to the Wikipedia page and I wouldn't listen to this until after you consume the media. That way, you know, you're not spoiled by any of this. But if you're not going to, you know, consume Lock and Key, then go to Wikipedia and read about all these, definitely. The... And, and and I think these magical keys could be introduced into any campaign. It could be a modern-day campaign. It could be a fantasy campaign. I don't think it matters. I think they can go into, you know, pretty much anything, you know. Um, and and the idea here is most of these keys, you you can put them in the, in the lock of any door, any lock, and then, you know, it'll engage the, the power of the key. A couple of them work otherwise. So there's one called the head key that actually you put in the base of somebody's head at the, the back of their neck. And when you do that, then you can go into the memories and, and see the memories and see the recollections. And you can actually put new memories in or take memories out, which is kind of interesting. The ghost key is tied to a specific door. And in that one, you put the ghost key in the door, open the door. And if you exit the door, go like you're leaving the house your body falls down and you're astrally projected, like when Doctor Strange does astral projection. It does that. And you have to leave the door open and then you can come back to your body. There's the anywhere key where you can put it in any door and any other door you can picture in your mind, you can, you'll open that door. So I could be here at my house and I'm picturing the door at my workplace. I'd put the anywhere key in open the door of my house, and I would walk into my workplace. So that's the Anywhere key. And that could be anywhere in the world. So that's a really um, useful key. Um, there's a key that lets you change gender. You, you put it in the underneath your chin, turn it, and it'll, turn, it'll change your gender, which in the show, in the comics, is used more like as a, a disguise kind of thing. But it is, it totally changes the, you know, the character's... Um, gender there. And I'm using gender as in male, female here. It changes the, you know, all your, your private parts and all that stuff. Um, there are just a ton of these key. Oh, and here they call it the gender key in the, um, Wikipedia for that. There's an animal key that works kind of like the ghost key where you can go through the door and come out as an animal. There is, there, there are just a bunch of these different keys. And there are a number of keys that have to that don't actually work indoors, which is kind of weird. I well, and I guess we've talked about some of those already, right? Like the you know, the head key and whatnot. But but anyway, the idea of these magical keys, I think, is interesting. You know, there's a plant key that controls plants, including, you know, have them attack. Um there's a bitey key. I like this one. The bitey key transforms whatever door it opens into a giant mouth that consumes whatever enters it. So, there, you know, you definitely have trap keys. Um, but the idea of having these magical keys is interesting and, and would be an interesting thing to introduce into any world. And you could definitely have the keys tied, you know, they could just be whimsical. They could be tied to something bad, you know, just because it's magic. It's like the six guns. In in six the sixth gun in that comic series, there's a Savage World setting for that actually. That's quite good. But the you know the idea is these guns were, you, you know they're 
just because they're in the world and can do things doesn't mean they're good things, right? Well, the same idea here that, you know, the keys may, like all magic, may, you know, tie back to evil somehow, right? So, and you could easily, so you could, you could do, put these in a Call of Cthulhu game, you know, they just wouldn't look scary per se, but the more they mess with them, the more bad things happen kind of thing. Um, you know, other people are going to want the keys, no doubt. So that, you know, is your plot hook. Um, and even in fantasy worlds, you know, the idea of having magic keys, you have less doors you could use them in than you do in a modern world. But you could definitely use them in a fantasy world or a, like a Victorian world would, would be interesting. You know, plug them in that, you know, that Victorian age game. Um, I, I think you could do have some fun there. So, yeah, magic keys. I think there's something to be said for that. And you could actually you know, reskin a lot of magic items to be keys. But it's an interesting idea. And and you could definitely do some cool things with it. Um so anyhow, just figured I would share that with everybody. I hope there was something there that'd be useful for your game. And I if you have any comments or thoughts on these, definitely feel free to call. Um if we need to throw in spoiler warnings, you know, for the calls or whatever we can. But I mean, the idea is just a different different kind of magic item. You know, magic keys are kind of, you know, not the normal thing you see in most games. So it's something different you could throw to your characters. So just, just some ideas. Anyhow, I think I've wasted enough of your time this week. So I'm going to let you go. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening. If you want to reach me, you can leave me a voice message using the Anchor app or go to the Anchor website. I'll play it on the air and make you famous. You can also reach me in the Audio Dungeon Discord. I want to thank Ray Otis, who did the thumbnail art for this podcast, and TJ Drennan, who did all the music for this podcast. You can find both of them on Patreon. Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? your auntie or a joke about your spouse but the operator's screaming it's coming from inside the house what's in the box what's in the box what's in the box what's in the box well the audience is pretty sure he took a pretty head and the only question left is if i fail to shoot him dead bring on the gold bring on the gold i want some more bring on the there is a dustman in your moilers by the tipper And I'm assuming that your partner back there in the wood chipper Don't look away Don't look away Don't look away Well the zombies are rising and the world